Welcome, everyone. Welcome into the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. I am your host, Stephen Labine, and I'm here with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, how are you doing today? I'm good, Stephen. Uh, there are no laws when you're drinking claws. There are no laws when you're drinking claws. I've heard this from many a person, so it must be true. Yes. This uh, podcast is sponsored by, it's not sponsored by White Claw. No, it's definitely not sponsored by White Claw. Uh, it's also not legal advice, so don't take this and take it to a judge <laughs> anywhere, because we cannot be held responsible. I am saying this is a legal notice. There, there, there may be laws when drinking White Claws. It's the, in the Constitution that there's not. It's it's the little asterisks by it where it says it, there may be laws. There's probably laws. Uh, Jared, question for you. Mm-hmm. What's one thing about yourself that the, the podcast might not know? I mean, there's a lot of things about myself the podcast doesn't know, unless you know me and you're listening to this, in which case, uh, no, you don't. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, I maybe, maybe this is known from the everything about me, but I'm a massive nerd. I own a... A uh, huge board game collection. Sure. Uh, I have kind of built my own PC, but I mean, I've constantly swapped the parts out in a never-ending uh, amalgamation. From what I hear about PC building, I think that's the norm. It's a really fun, really stressful, and really expensive hobby. <laughs> and sometimes once I switch out a part, I'm like, I don't even want to play the game. I got the part so that I could play. Yeah. Because I'm just like, Ah, it's done, and this took up so much of my time, and now I'm tired. I just don't want to deal with this anymore, man. It's it's so much. Uh, (laughs) Good, good to know. Uh, Well, I don't want to waste any time. We have a lot to talk about on this episode, so let's get right in with episode two. Wait, before, though, what's something they might not know about you, Stephen? Where's the fun in that? Why do they need to know things about me? Because it's a two-person podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then, fine. Uh, let's see. A uh, One thing that they may not know about me. Well, unless you know me personally, uh, I just got back from a long working contract. I am a performer. I sing and I dance. Uh, I was working on a cruise ship in the middle of the Bahamas, which always is an adventure. I am glad to be home. I'm glad to have cell phone service and speedy internet uh, and food that I make myself. Yeah, I, we won't go into full story time, but I remember your first contract uh, when you were stuck on a cruise ship during the start of the pandemic. Yeah, that was my first one. That was my second one, but still, it was uh, it was an adventure. You you sit in the port of Jacksonville. There's only so many things you can look at for so long. Uh, we kept ourselves busy. What's the TripAdvisor review on Port of Jacksonville? Uh, why are you sitting in the port of Jacksonville? <laughs> Like, I, there are some really nice areas in Jacksonville. Port of Jacksonville is not one of them. There was a uh, car lot where they would import cars, and they would sit there, uh, and then there's the cruise terminal, and that's it. Wow. Yeah. Because Jacksonville's not a huge import hub. Huh? Well, no, it's it's on a river. So, I mean, there's, a, there's probably a lot more to it, but it's on a river. So you have to... Uh, take the river around go under a bridge and eventually you get to the ocean yeah no not a lot of cargo ships are making that no no no. uh so you need you need some some small cargo ships uh anyway like i said lots to talk about i'm getting on to episode two let's do it So we're going to make it a reoccurring uh, segment on this show of, you know, on the day, what happened on uh, June 7th. We're going to make it a week. So, you know, in the, in the I guess, rather six days between the last episode and the episode that we're watching. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the week between episode one and episode two, there's only really two important things in the world that came up. Um, oh, well, first of all, the top charting song was Maria Maria by Santana. I will be throwing that oh, in because I think that's fun. Oh, there you go. Um, on June 1st of 2000, the Patent Law Treaty was signed, uh, which is just an interesting fun fact that helped consolidate, uh, like, IP law across most of the developed world. Okay, okay. Makes sense. Um, and then on June 5th was the Six-Day War. No, not not that one. Um, a, a small one between Rwanda and Uganda that happened in the Democratic Republic of the Congo for six days. For six whole days. Do you know what happened in the six days? Um, I pulled up a Wikipedia article here. Uh, oh, 
Everyone and, loves Wikipedia. That's I mean, the it's best not source. very long. There's not a lot of information on it, but basically, they fought around the city of Kis- Kisangani, Kisangani, um, and as part of the Second Congo War, and Rwanda won. Okay. I don't have historical context to make any of that make sense. So, all right. So breaking down right away, first thing that jumps out to me, episode two, titled Generation Gap. Yeah, it I, and they had a narrative. Um, you know, we said I said uh, last week that uh, I I used a like you know one word to describe the feeling of the episode. I think it was meandering. I would call this episode charming. Do tell, charming how? I don't know. It was just there was a a lot of the contestants really felt like they came into their own, mm-hmm. um, except for probably like the five that I still wouldn't be able to pick out of a lineup. Um, but you know, we got to know the people a little better in ways that felt pretty organic. Um, and the editing took a huge leap from episode one to episode two that I kind of wasn't expecting. Yeah, they did a much better job of storytelling this one and giving you more of a glimpse into their personalities of, oh, okay, they're not just someone building a shelter. This is, well, okay, one specific person in particular. Oh, we learned a lot about one specific person. Took a wild ride. Uh, but but it seems like everyone was shown off a little. I, I do think that they leaned a little more toward the Pagong Beach than the Toggy Beach. Uh, just for storytelling as a whole. I think a lot more happened there, so it was a lot more interesting to stay there for most of it. Yeah, I mean, Jeff basically comes out and tells us that, like, uh, at Tribal Council, which is, you know, way ahead of ourselves, but that, like, Pagong is a shit show. (laughs) I mean, I don't think either tribe is running on all gears at this point. Everyone's still quite unsure of what's going on. Yeah, it's just, you know, the uh, Toggy has a lot more cohesion. They seem to get along and, like, genuinely like each other. Sure. Pagong feels like Stockholm Syndrome, where they're all like, ah, oh, we're so close. And I'm like, are you? <laughs> I You're stuck together. You've been stuck together for six days. I'm sure you know a lot about each other, but, like, I don't know if close is the word I would describe most of your relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I think the key that highlighted in my mind when it said generation gap and going through the whole episode, you have two older gentlemen, Mm -hmm. two older gentlemen on one on each tribe. And both are acknowledging that they are different than their tribe. They both understand this. They both realize this and they both combat this in very different ways. Yeah. It's interesting. We see a little glimpse into it in episode one. Um, but they, you're right, they both feel out of place, and they both feel like the tribe uh, is, or rather the world has kind of changed. They're mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, no, it should be like this. And we see Rudy, who takes it all in stride and um, doesn't understand everything, which we'll get into, <laughs> um, but is like, it, it, at the bare minimum doesn't blow up his spot or you know can at least like keep his confusion or his disapproval to himself Mm -hmm. of people and then bb who just wants to scream into the void until the world changes itself to be the way he thinks it should be yeah and i want to i want to save that for later on but bb man bb goes on a wild roller coaster in this episode it's a journey it's uh it's something and just jumping all the way back uh right away in the episode again things that jump out to me about just editing in general they had like a two minute 15 second recap of the first episode yeah it was pretty long it was pretty lengthy and again i think they're still trying to establish themselves as a show this is what this is so i will give them the benefit of the doubt that it's okay take your time explain to me what this show is and they will do so over and over again uh there was one moment in that i found interesting which was jeff commenting on uh sonia saying like she was you know despite being sweet and caring she just couldn't make it out here and i was like 
oh, that's like a detail we've lost along the way. Is like Jeff doesn't really give his opinions on what he thinks of contestants. I mean, he does in subtle ways, but yeah. not just like on a recap of an episode telling you what he why he felt like someone went home or something yeah he's he's not there anymore to be the judge he's not the um omnipotent voice who knows everything Mm. he's more i shouldn't say that he's not the person who's there to pass judgment and to like throw shade at people he is the person to give the facts and nothing but the facts and then just go on from there and let the story tell it yeah I don't have anything else to add on sure, that. Sure, you yeah. looked at me like, uh... Well, because I, I only see the beginning and the end of it. I only see 1 and 41 and 42, mm-hmm. so I don't I, I don't quite understand how Jeff gets there yet. So that's, um... So I, I'm not following you as well as someone who's seen all 42 seasons probably sure. is. I honestly, I think it's a producer thing, and then they, over the per, over the first five seasons, it probably starts to get more toward that, okay, you're... You're a personality. You're a host. Stay off the contestants' mm-hmm. toes as far as giving opinions goes. I say that, but also he's allowed to throw shade in tribal council and immunity challenges. Well, I mean, yeah, for TV and making he will good TV. Absolutely, do that for as long as he wants. Um, yeah. Anything jump out to you in the first like pre-immunity challenge? Wait, I I talked about it a lot last episode, mm-hmm. but because it's grotesque and interesting, we're talking about eating rats again. Yeah, it's, it's really just a matter of time of like they're just like it, there might as well be a countdown of like when when will they eat a to rat? Wit to wit, <laughs> eat the rat. It's even in the teaser for the next episode. Yeah. They're talking about eating rats still. They just it's the almost the first shot when it comes in. We're talking rats again. We're talking rats again. We're talking rats. They, again, they're trying to use it as fishing, but they also say, oh, if we had fire, I might cook that rat. I might eat that. But they do have fire. I think they do have fire. Yeah, I think I think it's really just a matter of, like, when they will give up and do it. Yes. Um, there were some that, uh, who was it? Rudy, uh, Rudy and others don't want to eat the rats, but there was someone who was like, oh, I'll do it. I think it was, uh, it was the, it was Susan, right? The truck driver? That sounds about right. I could be wrong. Tell us if we're wrong. Um, my, I, I had a question though, pretty much right at the start. Sure. Uh, why did Richard vote Stacy? He never talks about the first one. He goes, "I voted Stacy." She thinks it was Rudy. I think he says. Mm-hmm. Um, he never says why he did it, or like, and it, it's never expanded upon in this no. first episode, or second episode at least. He, he he never does say why it is that he's voting for that person unless he did in the first episode and I'm just not rem- remembering. Uh, but it, they definitely talk about how he avoided blame for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, because in the first episode he says, he says, I have four people I think it could be, one of them's me. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, we can assume that the other one's Stacy because why else would he have voted for her? And then maybe, like, Rudy and Sonia? Um, but I thought that was interesting and something that we don't see in you know later seasons of survivor is people uh obviously there's much less strategy for the votes but just mm-hmm. like picking somebody and we never find out why and it's never brought up again sure i don't know yeah. he uh, he clearly didn't know where the vote was gonna go and didn't plan strategy around that but who did really there wasn't talking yeah nobody made a plan it's just uh I don't like this person. We're throwing it out. It is what it is. And then, like, right after that, we get into uh, the meat of the episode, which is BB. Which is BB. Uh, Before we get into BB, I did want to talk about Toggy and their fishing adventures. Uh, Because that's what I think the rats were partially used as, was their fishing adventures. Uh, (laughs) Those long cylindrical fish traps Mm -hmm. i've seen them all over the place in certain episodes of survivor i don't think i've ever seen them succeed yeah i couldn't i was watching them pulled out of the water and i was watching when they baited it and assumingly it's kind of like a rat trap right you step it closes behind them or they can't find their way back out and it's kind of a one-way entrance but i don't see an entrance at all no 
I I think the way it's built is that it they swim through the gaps. They swim through the gaps and then they expand that way, but to swim back out the other way, it doesn't expand that way. That's a wild guess. I am not entirely sure if that is correct. Uh, But yes, uh, they're working on that. And while they're doing that, Rudy is eating the canned food. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, they come back and they're like, are you you eating the canned food? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we need to, like, vote and, like, talk to each other when we eat canned goods. Wait, I think that was BB. I wrote down Rudy. Okay. I think they both did it. I know that Pagong had an issue where they wanted, they now want to vote on everything they do. Because they cannot trust each other. That is... 100% 100% because of BB. You know, let's, we can't get away from the elephant in the room. Let's talk about BB. I want to so bad. Oh, BB. BB is, is that old person that everyone knows where everything is through me. Everything is my way or the highway. And there is no convincing him otherwise. They try to put a little faint on us and have Jenna be like, oh, we love... BB so much. He's the only one that gets us up in the morning to like start working, and it becomes evident pretty much immediately that she is alone in that opinion. What's interesting is that they're they all seem very appreciative of his leadership in building the the shelter, except, except Gretchen who we definitely had an I told you so moment of he built the shelter far too close to the beach. And I set, I wrote this down in my notes. I was like, it's weirdly exposed as compared to any other shelter yeah. I've ever seen on Survivor. And then not five minutes later, they come back. Yeah, so the tide got really, really close to the shelter. We might be screwed. And Gretchen tries to be super patient, right? She's like, okay, you know, I'm not going to, you know, she doesn't like rub his nose in it or like, I'm going to say I told you so. But he keeps just trying to put it as close to the water as he can get away with. Mm -hmm. And there's no good reason for that that I can think of. There really isn't. Uh, Other than, I think he might have been afraid of like animals or bugs that might be there in bugs are gonna come out to the beach though yeah and like you're building your shelter on sand (laughs) (laughs) it can't be that stable there's whole like proverbs about this there's analogies like you know the foundation on the sand like why it's it can't be good i don't know that moving a whole lot like yes it's gonna be a little bit more dirt based when you get closer to the the tree line but i still think there's gonna be a good chunk of sand that you're going to have to dig through. Yeah, it makes me wonder if they're just going to move the whole shelter now that BB's gone and not arguing with them. Well, they, in a short-term fix, a little bit of a band-aid, they picked up logs and they moved the logs to try and break the water line mm-hmm. if for whatever reason it gets all the way up. In doing so, BB again, running the show dropped a log on someone's foot. I didn't catch whose foot it was. I couldn't it, tell either. It goes by so fast, and they don't acknowledge it again. Yeah, it might have been Colleen, but I'm not entirely sure. It's probably a good guess. Uh, or Ramona. Or Ma- I don't think it was Ramona. Uh, but again, who knows? Uh, they don't address it. Apparently it's not a problem. Their foot's fine. I good, guess. Good for them. Uh, let's jump back to Toggy Tribe. Toggy Tribe again didn't get a whole lot of airtime on in no. this episode except for what I hinted at last episode, the bromance, the Rich and Rudy Rudy bromance. <laughs> this is where I see Rudy's trying. Rudy's mm-hmm. trying so hard to understand and be like, "No, no, no, I'm not I'm not an old uh, foggy, like I understand what's going on. I'm I might be the one out of touch. That's okay. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna take it in. But he does it in the worst way possible. His confessionals are, again, we're looking back. Of course, things were different at the time. 
his confessionals about finding out that Richard is gay is so cringeworthy. It is. Yeah, it, I mean, it is. There's no way around that. Um, I'm surprised he was as accepting as he was, which, mm-hmm. you know, he was just kind of like, yep, that's cool. I don't get it. it we- and he doesn't say it, but, like, it clearly weirds him out a little bit. Yeah. But he doesn't make a thing about it. Even to him, it doesn't seem like even to, like, himself or... Um, we cut after the confessional to... Uh, rudy rubbing sunscreen on richard's back and dirk makes like some really weird homophobic comment um but at least i think it was dirk but it's not really acknowledged and richard kind of like grins and bears it um and so it just it kind of goes to show that like if rudy's more comfortable than i would have expected him to be where even people that are less secure in themselves, like Dirk, are making weird comments. Yeah. I'm going to throw in a, a possibility that it might not have been Dirk. It might have been Rudy. Because I remember the comment about, oh, when my buddies back home see this, like, they're going to they're gonna give me crap. But at the moment, like, I don't care. They also, you can tell the vernacular of uh, LGBT language isn't there. The amount of times they use the word homosexual in a span of about three minutes. And then try to straight explain to Richard that, yeah. like, no, oh, you don't like being called homosexual. And he's like, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, that's what I am. I am a homosexual. And one comment, and neither you or I are uh, are queer people. No, nope, uh, not, not going to speak for the LGBT community. Right, no, not at all. But there was something that was really fascinating in Richard's saying that he's like, no, I've never faced any discrimination or anything because yeah. of my sexuality. And, like, in the year 2000, for someone that's in their mid-40s, like, I wonder how true that is. Because he was pretty, he's pretty open about it. He tells right. them on... By day four, five, everyone in the tribe knows, um, and not something they really had to ever know. He could have he could have kept it to himself the entire thirty nine days if sure. he wanted to. Um, so I, I I'm super fascinated what his life experience and we'll never know was like coming up to that point to where he felt like he didn't face discrimination during times when people in that community, you know, were heavily discriminated against. Sure. Um, it, like you said, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to put words into that because it's not my place to do it. Um, but I don't know. Like, if he's living the life that, like, oh, yeah, I don't have any problems, good for him. Uh, I'm assuming there's some institutionalized things that may not, I'm sure he picks up on, but he might think, oh, I, I don't know. That's not something that I can control. Or it's like microaggressions where it's, not something that is a hindrance, but it's there. Yeah, like the weird comment about, like, you know, putting sunscreen on him or something. Yeah. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, yeah, you're right. It's... Would you call that discrimination? It depends on the person receiving. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, let's let's jump back to Pagong, because Pagong is, is a disaster. Pagong's a disaster. Uh, this is where... After we come back, they they start really railing on Ramona, that Ramona is struggling and has been struggling since day one to keep anything down. Yeah, and BB and there's like one other one or two other people are kind of commenting that she's lazy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, she's not lazy. She's visibly ill. Do you guys not see her retching in the woods? Yeah, but most of the tribe gets it. Most most of the people are like, yeah, she's yeah. been really sick. Like she's been trying to help, but girl needs to rest i i mean yeah it makes sense but bb is not having any of that he thinks she's lazy he thinks that she hasn't done anything except for sleep and yeah probably yeah she has like dysentery or something my guy like what yeah i the man just does not understand that if you're not he thinks if you're not working you are worthless to him Yep. I, uh, this comes after something I want to talk about in a moment, but I, mm-hmm. since we're on BB, um, <laughs> I just love him being on a show where, I mean, they probably, they, they know that 
they can be voted off by their tribe, at least at this hmm. point. They might not know about the jury, um, but they know that, like, the tribe will be picking someone they don't like to send home. And then he sits in front of Cameron and says, I'm not here to win a personality contest. Yeah, but you kind of are. You you literally are. I mean, no, that's not true. BB's not. BB's not. BB tries to just go home. Yes. He throws a temper tantrum. Is like maybe we should just throw the challenge so that you so I can go home. He, yeah, I, that's wild to me that he wants to throw the challenge, but he's also upset that people aren't working or pulling their weight. I don't see how both thoughts live in his mind that he is the only one doing all the work and he is keeping this tribe together. Also, I don't want to be here anymore. Screw this. I mean, it's classic, uh, you know, you can't fire me, I quit. He senses (laughs) that he's not well-liked. He thinks that he's doing everything right. Fuck you guys, I'll take my ball and go home. Okay, well, yeah. That's that's what it looks like to me, and is um, I'm not gonna say I was happy that Bagong lost the challenge, um, but I was a little happy Bagong lost happy. the challenge. Yeah, we're getting ahead. <laughs> we'll of get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we did <laughs> pretty much everything here, other than Superpole, is on the Pagong side until the challenge. Oh Superpole, hilarious. That I wasn't sure if he built that or if it had come in a box because it looked so. Good. It it did. It looked like a, a a straight up fishing rod. I mean, he used to those of you listening on the audio podcast. It was a long bamboo pole. It looked like he had a some yeah. turntable to make fishing line reel in. He did. Yeah. It, it looked well made. Didn't catch a thing. Didn't even get a nibble. <laughs> he admits. He's like, yeah, I sat out there for five hours and didn't get anything. And then he did the classic. Maybe this area is overfished, yeah. which that's that's just survivor version of like that's the lag, bro. It's the lag that got me killed. I I'm gotta, lagging. I'm gonna blame the environment, uh, blame everything around me except for me. I it did not look like he was using any bait. I don't think he was using bait. I don't think he was even like he didn't try to move areas from what we saw. He just kind of was in the same little lagoon. It yeah, it looked like a sand bottom area. About 20 feet out from where the beach was. It didn't seem like a great spot for fishing. Nah, man. It's overfished. Nah, it's overfished. You got it right, dude. Uh, yes. I just wrote down it's obnoxiously large. It was so long. It, <laughs> his fishing pole was about 8, 9 feet long of bamboo. It's too long. It's too, uh, Yeah. I mean, everything about it was silly. It was never going to work. It is still... But on the other hand, it's also impressive mm-hmm. that he built a functioning fishing pole. Yeah, it's very impressive. Good for you. You're not going to catch anything with it. <laughs> uh, yes. And then last but not least before the challenge, we have two things on the Pagong side. Uh, the first showman. Yes, I have a survivor. We see Greg. Greg appears. Yep. Um, and is immediately in a showman's. Yeah, with a Colleen. They they go off. They explore the jungle. They swim in neck deep standing water. Yeah, it didn't seem. They they talk about. I can't tell if he's joking or not. He's definitely saying, "Yeah, those are leeches." They could be. They absolutely could be. Like, <laughs> why are you swimming in that? Standing water is so gross. They have a beautiful beach, not 50 feet the other direction. Why are you swimming in the gross, stale water? Yeah, it's like they forgot that they have stakes. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, they have a medical team that'll get them out. Like, they're probably not, they're not going to die. Yeah. But you can still get pretty sick. They have Ramona sitting on the beach throwing up. They're like, well, let's go traipse through the local pond. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it it blows my mind and then the last thing again blows my mind this is me looking at it from a 2022 perspective the what they branded as the newly stranded survivor game their version of the newlywed game after dark oh my goodness i liked it a lot i thought it was a, i thought it was really charming it was cute they they brought everyone together they split up into teams and they were 
what asking questions and answering i'm sure it wasn't formatted we, like the newlywed game but it was yeah just, like, i mean we only we only got well right they don't have anything to write on yeah um but they <laughs> we only saw one question which was asking about like your favorite sex position sure okay okay yeah um yeah i wrote a cool team bonding good for them even BB was in there. I didn't see him participate, but he was there. Yeah, he was smiling. It seemed like everyone was genuinely enjoying it. Yeah, but I do also have to acknowledge the elephant in the room. Uh, Greg was wearing. He was leading it. Oh, was no. wearing a uh, indigenous style headdress. headdress made out of palm fronds. Probably. It it, it was dark, so yeah. I couldn't really tell. But man, who poor taste, real poor taste. Yeah. You know, it's like we talked about with the Immunity Idol, and, you know, this is the year 2000. Games like Settlers of Catan and Empire Builder and even video games like Age of Empires are coming to the front. We realized that colonialism is bad to do in real life, so we huh. started doing it in entertainment instead. Sure. Um, and Greg's just kind of living out his best life doing that, and it's super weird to look back on. Like, it's, I mean, maybe not for everyone um maybe there's some people who still think we should be doing stuff like that oh <laughs> but oh but like i would it, it made me a little uncomfortable for sure yes it it definitely had the skin crawling like ooh, let's not do that let's learn our lesson survivor yeah and also like just like the immunity idol your your racism isn't even geographically accurate yeah yeah <laughs> you're in southeast asia doesn't matter to him. Doesn't matter to him. No. Uh, that's a good transition, though, because now we're on to the immunity challenge. Immunity challenge, weirdly, again, they showed the exact same intro to receiving tree mail that they did in the first episode. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's going to be the case for every single episode, if they're just going to show Jeff putting something <laughs> in a little bamboo tube. Yeah, I don't think he really gave us more information either. No, it was the exact same information. I think it was the exact same shot, too. They just replayed it. I, I like the idea that Jeff personally delivers every tree mail. Yes. It's not. It's not. Pr it's pr almost 100% guarantee it's not Jeff delivering all the mail. Uh, but yes, this immunity challenge, and they hint at it in the mail, they're going to be eating. They're going to be eating things that they are uncomfortable with. And immediately, Ramona says, I can do that. I don't know how. You have been throwing up for the last five days. What makes you think you can do this? She's been training for this moment. Uh, she is, she is, she's like, I can throw up immediately once it's down my throat. It doesn't matter. It'll be in my stomach and out right away. See, most, most games uh, that require you to eat something, that does, that does matter. Uh, and I think in later Survivors, it also matters. This one, apparently, it didn't. I, she, uh, I don't think she threw up afterwards. At least we didn't see her do yeah. it. Reminds me of uh, Fear Factor way, mm -hmm. way back in the day. Again, more reality. Well, yeah, I mean, this is also this is the era of reality TV where we are obsessed with seeing people do gross things. I mean, yeah. this is the Jackass era as well, or getting mm -hmm. this, you know, a little predates the Jackass era. Um, I'm really glad we don't have to watch people eat gross things for challenges anymore. I don't want to go that far out because I think it does pop up every once in a while. Sure. Uh, more so, I want to say as a reward challenge, not as a an immunity challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it does stick around for a lot longer than you think it does. Um, but again, you haven't seen a lot of this. So. I haven't. I was eating soup while I was watching this. And the second they got the tree mail, I scarfed the rest of my soup down. I was like, nope, I will, I'm will. i not going to eat during this challenge. I don't know what they're doing, but I'm not doing it. So, yes, what happened? They they all hike into the middle of the woods, it looks like. They have a nice little table set up. Jeff's at the head of the table. Uh, and they are going to be eating what looked like grub worms. Uh, what did he call They were them? beetle grubs. Beetle grubs. Okay. Yes. So they're all, all eating beetle grubs. And, again, the format of the challenge makes sense but doesn't make any sense it's just very disorganized yes so what how jeff explains it is that you're gonna go well initially he says if someone refuses that's it your team loses and strangely enough 
you start with Jervis. Yeah, well, it doesn't seem like they got to pick their order. I actually, I wrote this down. I was like, mm-hmm. I wish they would have put it so that they could have stacked their mm-hmm. orders so that the people who wanted to do it the most were in front and then you got to the drama in the back. Yeah, because it makes for the most sense and the most interesting viewing to have people who will do it right away or at least give like a little bit of hesitancy but still do it. Otherwise, there's a high possibility that the first person is going to blow it and say, I can't do that, and then that's it. The challenge is over. So you watch no one do anything. Which we got real close to happening. We got real close. Jervis was in the in the first spot. I am I I have never felt so seen as watching Jervis <laughs> with that bug. That he, would have been me. He, <laughs> he struggled to even pick it up. Mm-hmm. And again, it was alive. It was wiggling around his bowl. I thought it was going to like leap out of the bowl and wiggle its way all the way down the table but he kept knocking the bowl so it would fall back in the center of the bowls and he didn't have to touch it he did (laughs) uh but yes he tried about seven eight times to even pick up that grub and he could not do it he did eventually kind of (laughs) he uh, i thought he like ripped half out and like threw the other half behind him but no, apparently he got it in his mouth. He he showed it. He was good to go. It was the head. They kept... I don't know where they got this information, but mm. they kept saying, you're not supposed to eat the head. You're not supposed to eat the head. Oh, so people were spitting out the, the head but, of the... But then a lot of people did eat the head anyway. Yeah. So I, I don't... But like I kept hearing them talk about like, uh, can, can he... Is it just the tail? Like, does he have to eat the head? You don't eat the head. Like it was like a shrimp or something. Like you're not supposed to like you're, eat part of it. Oops! All shrimp tails. No, he uh, he he did it. He did it eventually, after a lot of thro- throwing himself around, making faces. It was the thing of beauty, and uh, I cannot wait for future i want to see them improve this challenge because they will and they will make it better i was very surprised there was only one thing to yes eat. i kind of expected to go two or three rounds yes nope. in in future seasons they definitely have here's something it's it, most people could maybe do it here's another thing oh that's a little more tricky now isn't it and then they have the big the big bad where someone is either going to throw up or something horrible is going to happen. They're just going to refuse to eat it. I hate it. It's awful. But yes, Jervis goes first. They go down the line. Every other person, nobody has any issues. But like we said, that was the only thing they had to eat. So they go into immediate, all right, here's a final tiebreak round. Now you're going to eat two, but only one of you is. So obviously they say you can pick who you want from the other team immediately yeah of course they're gonna pick jervis jervis was the one that struggled the only one who struggled and uh stacy was the other choice stacy versus jervis and stacy was rock solid i mean i don't think there was i couldn't have identified the weak link on the other team anyway no um jervis is a competitor he really he you know he freaked out he had his moment but he threw those things back he did in in the final sudden death round he threw him back stacy was just way faster at getting him chewed getting him down the throat and boom done jervis maybe lost by a second two seconds yeah i don't think she chewed i think she just threw those things down her gullet and he was the second that he that he was told he lost he spit those things right back out (laughs) so yes toggy wins stacy is victorious but they both went for it uh stacy was just way faster um yes so before before they leave the immunity challenge jeff warns the pagong tribe about the hike to tribal council and i think this is the funniest thing to me in the entire episode clearly toggy had issues on the first night getting there it's like oh it's a long hike and there are snakes and there are bugs and it's gonna get dark real fast so be prepared i i've never seen anything like that it feels a little bit like pulling back the curtain it does it makes me feel like production realized they made a mistake but Mm. couldn't do anything about it like they were like oh, we put this way too far away. Right. Well, you could easily let hold them or 
have them leave the beach earlier when it's lighter out, give them more time, and then hold them in a holding area for a little bit before it gets dark. So I, I know they want their darkness shot with all the fire, all the smoke, like whatever. But you don't have to put them in danger to get that shot. Uh, yes, yeah, so Jeff, Jeff explains, oh, it's treacherous, be prepared. And Pagan goes back to the beach where immediately BB wants to go home. Yeah. BB, why? So I, I wrote down, I talked about this earlier with Jenna being like, we all love, like, BB's the only thing keeping us going. Jenna doesn't see red flags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, in in her, I don't know about her outside of the game, obviously, but, like, the character Jenna we see on Pagong does not see red flags. She is wearing she is wearing rose-colored glasses. Everything is red. All the flags. They're just flags. It's yeah, fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Not everyone. Everyone around you doesn't hate this guy, obviously. Yeah, so there's honestly not a whole lot of conversation about who's going to be voted out. It's just no. people trying to convince BB not to just quit. And yet, the, uh, there was two votes for someone else. Yes. We'll, we'll get, I, I wrote down the breakdown because I okay, thought it perfect. was funny. Uh, the people who I expected to vote one way didn't. We'll get to that. Anyway, walk into tribal. <laughs> Again, things that I'm sure were in place. Someone thought it was a good idea, and then they take it out. They hit a gong <laughs> on their way in. Every single person hit the gong. Yeah. I know why. I think it's cute. I think it's a nice little. Uh, all right, we're establishing this is a different place. Hit the gong on your way in. Whatever that means to you, go on. Release the energy from outside. It's time for a big thing. That's very theater kid of you. You don't have to show that on TV, though. That's true. They really did not have to show that, uh, <laughs> but they did. They showed all eight of them hitting the gong. And walking in. Uh, but, yes, they all sit down. And it seems that they figured out Tribal a little better. It is a little better. I don't know if they pushed the chairs closer together. It mm. feels like they did because they got all of them in one shot. Yes. Um, I was actually very surprised with the... I mean, I said this in the beginning of the episode. Uh, the production quality jump yeah. from you know we still have things we're picking apart because it's fun and because it's interesting mm-hmm. um but even just like small details like pushing those benches together changing to a red marker for mm-hmm. the votes on yep. like they're on the normal paper you see through tribal um for pretty much the rest of the show as yep. far as i can tell um those little things add up and it's surprising that they did it between episodes yeah because it's not like they had a pilot episode they had to shoot the whole season. There's just no way to not do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I guess they shoot the whole season and hope it works. But they take what they learned in that first episode and continually improve the show. Which I do appreciate. You're learning on the fly. Keep doing that. Keep getting better. But the shots seem really nice. Oh, and also another thing about them arriving to Tribal... Did they all have war paint on? Like, what? Yes, they did. Not all of them. I couldn't tell, because some people it just looked like dirt, mm-hmm. and some people it looked like, uh, Greg specifically, it looked like he put it on, like, under his eyes, like he's a baseball player. Yeah, so I wrote down uh, a few people did put uh, put on, like, it, it started off as football under the eye, and then it kind of transitioned to all over the forehead, in swirls, all over the cheeks. It, it was pretty wild. Uh, it was, uh, I believe, Gretchen, Jenna, I didn't see much on Joel, Colleen, uh, Greg, and uh, Ramona all had some, and the rest did not. There's no taking their alliance. There's like, we're the, we're the war paint alliance. <laughs> The War Paint Alliance. Uh, yes. I love it. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just a nice little symbol of unity. Uh, again, we're, we're traveling a little bit into that. Is this uh, a little bit offensive? Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, yeah. 
if that, I, that's the least offensive offensive thing on this entire the, episode. Yeah, of the things that aged like milk, that one at least, it, like, you can be like, oh, this tried to be yogurt. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we, we, we have to watch eight people ring a gong. I know we just commented production, now I'm going to take away from them. Sure. Um, we watch eight people ring a gong, but we don't see the moment where they're all like, yeah, let's, let's like unify, like put some, uh, put some stuff on our face. Mm-hmm. They, they did show that a little bit. It, in the pre-walking to tribal, they show a few of them really going at it with the war paint. Oh, okay. I okay. don't know where they got it. Hmm. But they uh, they definitely went – they did it as a group. Uh, but yes, everyone sits down. They're talking – it's one uh, – individual questions now. Yeah. Which I greatly appreciated. Thank you for figuring that out because I don't know how long I could have tolerated group answers to the to basic generic questions. Uh, drove me nuts. All of Jeff's spiel was the same except what – really got me going uh was when jeff said what happens here is sacred <laughs> we're, we're bringing in a little bit of spiritual something into the tribal council area i can't tell if i like it or if i don't like it it's it's weird right and like tying it to like the jungle i mean i don't know a lot about borneo mm-hmm. i'm assuming the island they're on isn't of any major significance um it's probably a place i mean i i know they try to take islands that are uh, at least in these early seasons less populated um if populated at all am i correct in that um i can't tell you that for certain okay. i know that <laughs> at least as the show goes on they find places that look deserted or open and empty but are not that far from civilization. I know that's Fiji. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fiji, their beach is real close to civilization to the point that they have to keep people from wandering into their cat in into their shot. I, I what the point I'm getting at is, as far as I know, they haven't explained to us that it's not this way. And I'm, you know, I'm just watching the show. I, you know, this is it's the year 2000. It's June of 2000. I'm not gonna go Google this. Um, it doesn't seem like it's a jungle with a lot of like religious significance mm-hmm. or anything like that. So to be like, it is the jungle in the heart of the jungle. Therefore it is sacred. Yeah. It, it, it gives it this, this like spiritualness. And I, I agree with you. Like, I'm like, does it matter? Is, I how- took it less as the place that they are is a spiritual place and more as the rituals that we're about to take part in. The lighting the torches, the snuffing out the torches, the voting, the talking about people in the confessional are all bigger than everything that you've done back on the beach. Like, I I feel like they were trying to establish, hey, this is going to happen. This is going to happen a lot. Get used to it and get used to this being a big deal. Um, I also really like that they kept... Sonya's torch and and yeah out. I yeah I like that a lot I'm not gonna spoil something that happens like very finale but there is one piece that they kind of get away from in the later seasons where they they start to be more of a significance the people who leave and the people who leave early are more significant than what they give them credit for later on down the road. And they acknowledge that, and they do something special at the end for everyone, uh, but they don't do it anymore. And it makes me sad. It's the it's the biggest thing that I miss in the finale episode hmm. f- going on. And yeah, I will just have to live with that. Bring it back, Survivor. We'll talk about that in the finale. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, not a whole lot of interesting talk at tribal council there's one thing when with the vote that i want to talk about Mm -hmm. um which is uh gretchen not just in her vote but all through the episode every confessional she has the energy of john mulaney's bit where he talks about like his irish father and being like all right he's dead bury the boy 
Bury the boy. Bury the boy. There's a very, very specific call-out yeah. joke. What I'm, what I'm getting at is Gretchen is just so matter-of-fact. She is reading mm-hmm. you, like, a macaroni box instruction. She's like, I wouldn't have voted him out she's when an, he said he wanted to go home. She's an elementary school teacher. That's the only way to be. All, all of your emotions right there on the sleeve. Uh, I gotta do what you gotta do. She's also the best at emotional labor in her entire tribe, but yes. then when she's alone, yeah. she is just very straightforward. I like Gretchen a lot. I, I don't know if you've met too many teachers. Uh, my my dad is a teacher, and what <laughs> what I've learned from being around teachers is that everything that you know about them in school and everything that happens outside of school, there are two different people. Mm. And I imagine that they are so emotionally and mentally burnt out that they just go home and do what they need to do. <laughs> oh, good for them. Uh, thank you, teachers, for putting up with all of us. I say us. I haven't been in school in, like, eight years, so. No, but, like, the human collective. Yeah. And also, like, under being underfunded and overworked and support your teachers yeah we hope that gets better we hope uh to the vote the voting booth i don't know if it was further away no i'm pretty sure it was in the exact same spot it or the angle that the camera was it made it look a little bit further away like they weren't on top of them but still close enough that they could definitely hear what they, they're saying. They could definitely hear, and sometimes I feel like the camera wanted us to know that. Like, it'd be someone talking about BB, and then the camera would cut to BB, mm-hmm. and he's like, it looks like he's listening to them. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what you're saying about me? Yeah? Okay, go on. I don't know if that was the case, but they clearly wanted us to feel like it was the case. It looked like it. It really did. Uh, yeah, this one was a pretty straightforward uh, six votes for BB. Two votes for Ramona. No one was really surprised that that was the case. BB uh, gets his, uh, his torch snuffed. Who was the second vote on Ramona? Uh, Greg. Greg was the other vote. That's right. Which <laughs> I did write down. Greg was kind of BB's right-hand man. Greg was the one who BB literally held up by the hair and one one hand on his butt, one hand on the hair, like holding him up to fix the the shelter. Yeah, I think they 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 bonded, and I think Greg would have died for that man, uh, but it it wasn't gonna help one person. No, it, it, what surprised me was that Gretchen. I guess they didn't. They got along, but they didn't see eye to eye. Like, I think Gretchen respected what she needed to do to connect with him. I I was a little surprised that she voted for him. I mean, she straight up says, I wouldn't have yeah. if he didn't want to go home. Sure. Um, I don't know. Give the people what they want, I guess. But in he was sad to leave. Which, again, it all didn't make sense to me. Like, you asked for this. You're sad to leave. In his post-game... He said he liked everyone, and that... Uh, and some more than others. <laughs> some more than others, but he liked everyone. Uh, and he think he did. He thinks he did things the right way. And I believe that he believes that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, BB contains multitudes. I mean, you know, he... He, he wants to do... Uh, he shows his... He shows how, that he cares through work. Mm-hmm. Um, he expects everyone to have the same capacity for it that he does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, wasn't connecting on the same... He was connecting with everyone, and I think people were genuinely sad to see him go, even if they were frustrated with him. Um, But doesn't know how to not be, like, a stubborn old goat. Yeah. And so, kind of just throws a tantrum and gets sent home. Yeah. Poor baby. Not poor baby. Not poor baby. It is what he is. Uh, One last... Uh, format thing that I, I was really excited about and again I don't know why this made this stuck out so much to me was that they clearly don't have they're not going through the urn and uh, ordering the votes Jeff yeah. is just kind of picking them up and reading them as they are um, because you can tell when they get to the last vote 
they don't read the last vote, which is fine. That's the thing that they usually do. However, Jeff says the last vote is irrelevant. We're not going to read that. You see him doing calculations in the moment. Like, you see it behind his eyes of, do I still read this? Yeah. Which is fair, which is not. Like, he hadn't planned for that at all. He's doing the math in his head. Yeah. Yeah, that's enough votes. Yeah, BB, you're done. Bye. Uh, just interesting. I, I wonder when they start figuring out, oh, we can make this more full of drama and suspense if we just look at it, know what's going to happen, and then order it to make it more suspenseful. I suspect that's next episode. I think that that Jeff figured it out right there that like, Could oh, be. yeah, we kind of need to know what all the votes are, huh? Yeah. I don't know. I'm wondering if they uh, it takes a season for them to realize what they did and then uh, fix it. Well. Oh, well. Uh, so we end this with how do you think BB would do in today's Survivor? Terrible. Oh, god awful. Much worse than Sonya even. Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said, I said last week that I think Sonya is the first vote off in, her, in, her, in any season she's on. Mm-hmm. Um, just because she was having a hard time physically. Yes. But I think if her and BB are on a tribe together, I think it would be a tough vote. Yeah. I, I, I think it'd be, you know, down to one or two votes which one of them would be going home first. Yeah. We talked about how uh, the older contestants usually struggle with the early votes. However, in more recent seasons, the physically incapable person lasts a lot longer than the person who's going to come in and say, do it my way, do it my way, and not be able to compromise or be flexible. It's a, it's a better emphasis on the social game. And, yeah. uh, you know, BB didn't get sent home i don't think because of uh any physical weakness like mm-hmm. he he seemed like he did pretty well in the first challenge um we didn't get to see him do anything physically besides that but you know he's like you know working on that shelter all day yeah. and i mean basically dehydrating himself yep um he didn't trip carrying a, a fireball so true um and you know that he got he kind of got sent home because of his age but more because of the stubbornness that comes from his age <laughs> rather than like any type of physical deficiency yeah uh, well, sorry, BB. You are not doing well in today's Survivor. <laughs> no, and uh, I want to start a new uh, a new bit every episode. Uh, Steve and I have talked about this. Uh, the protagonist of the episode, who drove the story of the season in this episode, and I don't think it will usually be the person that's going home, but in this case, I I do think it is. I do think BB's also the protagonist. Mm-hmm. He 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 took his fate into his own hands and yeeted it as far down a hole as he could yeah he he dug his own grave in this episode uh right after he dug a whole bunch of posts for a shelter uh he just it just kept on digging honorable mention in that category i think to uh to gretchen and richard mm-hmm. um richard seems to be a pretty unifying force in his tribe and gretchen has really strong connections with pretty much everyone that we've seen so far. Sure. I'm going to, uh, I've just decided this because that's what we do here. Uh, I've just decided I want this to be your thing. I want you to really like choose that because I don't want my knowledge of the future to play into what I catch and what you don't. Okay. So I want I want I want this to be your thing, Jared. Cool. You can decide the the protagonist. Is that what you called it? The protagonist yeah, the, of the episode. Yeah, the person who whose story it was this episode. Sweet. And I can think you know, like I said, I, I don't think it's always gonna be the person who's voted out. I don't think Sonya was the protagonist of last episode. Um I don't think there really was one. Some episodes no. might not have one. Ensemble. Ensemble, baby. Alright. Well that is all the information we have on that episode. Let us move to the end of the show. All right. Well, that was our wrap-up of Episode 2, Season 1, Generation Gap. Let us know what you think. Email us. We are at SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. Get in contact with us. Tweet at us. Same thing, at SurvivorTBT. 
send us your comments send us your thoughts about the episode if you're following along we will again jump next week to episode three uh tell me things that you think about that episode while you're at it i can use it for the show i can uh Add in whatever bits of information you think. Again, I will be watching these mailboxes. Jared will not be seeing any of this because we want to keep Jared as spoiler-free as possible. And a little peek behind the curtain. Um, we're recording a little bit of a backlog and releasing once a week. Uh, once we have gone live, we'll start working mail into the show. Yeah. Send us your mail. Send us your thoughts. Send us your things that we you think we should be talking about. Uh, we're only two people. We, we love the hive mind. Help us, hive mind. Yes, yeah, so send in your thoughts. Get in contact with us. I will be the one in charge of that. Uh, if you like us and you want more of us, you can follow us. I am doing other things. I am at Instagram, at Steve the Musical. You can find me at Twitch TV twitch.tv slash plays s-c-h-t-e-e-f plays uh if you like video games come hang out with me talk to me talk to me there about survivor i love when people talk to me about survivor uh and yeah jared did you want to promote anything just uh you know i'll dox my own instagram again sure jared sheldon eight you can find me on instagram i put stories of uh dumb memes and political thoughts usually so uh you can find that kind of stuff there we love it well, thank you so much for listening to episode two of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. We are going back in time. We are smashing that hourglass. And you're going to follow along right with us. Our music is by Kofi Off Air. Kobe Off Air. I'm going to get that right. Uh, thank you so much. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.